there is a lot of women who look at other women's successes personally and professionally and it makes them feel bad about themselves instead of saying you know what I can be really happy for that person what's happening in their life doesn't have any impact on my life if anything it can show me what I can do Welcome to the Get Clear with Crystal Ware podcast, the place where we get clear on our goals, own our worth, and learn to be the CEOs of our own lives. I'm your host, Crystal Ware, lawyer and former Fortune 500 corporate leader who found the confidence to say goodbye to a lucrative career and start my own business. Now I'm opening up the playbook and sharing everything I've learned to get you there faster. It may not be easy, but it will always be worth it because you are made for more. So put on your big girl pants, jump on board, and let's reach for the stars. Are you ready to get clear? Welcome back to another episode of Get Clear with Crystal Ware, where we have a fantastic guest who is going to share so many wonderful insights and wisdom to help us be better branding for ourselves and marketing gurus. Stephanie Marone is a number one amazing top voice on LinkedIn who has built a network of fantastic connections and grown her own marketing company and is going to share so much of these insights today. So thank you so much for coming on the show and for talking to us today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Crystal, for having me. I am so excited to be here. And we love to share on the show um, a lot of different stories of women and how they got to where they are, what led them there in their journey and unique and interesting kind of career paths. Because I think once we see something different, it mean it feels more accessible to us. And so I just want to dive in and start with your story because it's so unique that you kind of have your own consulting marketing shop um, and that you really started so early on LinkedIn Um, you know, what led you there and how did you get from, you know, a traditional job to where you are today? Yeah. So it was was actually an interesting story. (laughs) So I'm an accidental business owner, accidental entrepreneur. This was supposed to be a stopgap in between me, um, losing my job and figuring out what I wanted to do next. And it turned into actually a business, which is kind of crazy, but I'm going to go with it. And what led me to be able to do this, Crystal, is the fact that I had a brand and I had been posting on LinkedIn and speaking at conferences and writing articles at a very early point in my career. And by the way, that was not easy because I felt like, well, who am I to be doing these things? And some of my peers weren't necessarily my you know, biggest supporter. Some of my colleagues who looked at me and said, well, why is she doing that? And I think that sometimes, especially with women, women doing some things that another woman is not that they wish that they could do makes them feel bad about themselves, if that makes any sense. So there was some, you know, competitiveness and jealousy and those sorts of things. And I just kept sticking with it. And I kept putting myself out there. And I remember I worked for a number of of law firms at the time who would say, you know, we don't need social media. We don't need LinkedIn. And now they have like big departments filled with social media people. But, um, you know, I could just sort of tell you, like, I was a magazine editor when I graduated college. That's what I thought I wanted to be. It was sort of like the devil wears Prada, and it was an awful environment for me personally. I couldn't really stick it out. So I wanted to maybe be a lawyer. I wasn't sure, but I wanted to use my writing skills. And so I got a job as a writer, editor at a big law firm. And 
that led to me meeting my mentor, a woman who was not threatened by me, a woman who took me with her to four different jobs and saw me as someone who had a lot of potential and brought me with her to several other firms. And I really wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for her. And when I thought about going on my own and I didn't think I could, you know, or I would feel insecure about maybe the fact that like, you know, who am I to be posting on LinkedIn? Who am I to be doing webinars, to be giving advice to really brilliant people? She would say, you know, you really need to believe in yourself and really help me keep things and put things in perspective. And so she also checks me all the time. Like Crystal, she'll tell me, you know, listen, you're being ridiculous on this, or you need to not, you know, do X or Y, like she knows me enough to know that like there are, you know, we all have shortcomings, but I, you know, when we can find somebody who really just believes in us and, and who we actually trust for their, um, constructive advice and criticism, it's, it's such a great, it's such a great thing. So I'm very thankful to her. And then, um, sort of, you know, just kept moving on. And, and every time I had adversity or a setback, like getting fired from a job or losing a job or realizing a job wasn't for me, um, I always had this personal brand working for me in the background, which is why I tell people all the time, you are so much more than your current job and you should always be cultivating your brand because you simply just never know where life can take you and you should have something to fall back on. You should have a brand so that when you make a decision about what you want to do in your career later on, you always have, I guess, you know, a fallback or you're, you don't have to start completely from scratch. And so that I really think is important for, for, you know, for, for women, for men, for, for anybody listening to this. And particularly in your thirties, when you may be finding, hitting your stride and getting more confident in your jobs and feeling like, you know what, like there's, you know, more to my, me than just my job title, which is what I tell Crystal everybody. Yeah. And so there's so much from that to dive into. Uh, the first thing I wanted to mention on that is, you know, you're, you mentioned you're so much more than your job. And there's another uh, professor who's a PhD that I follow on LinkedIn who talks about that all the time with career. It's like, you don't own your job. You're employer owns your job. And so you need to be more than just that job because they can take it away from you at any time. And therein lies the flat, uh, you know, the fact and the, and the point for personal branding is that you can take that, your personal brand with you anywhere. And now that we have social media and we have the internet and all these things that have made it more democratized where we can do that, I also tell people, very frequently, like you need to work on your personal brand where whether it's at your company and how you come across there on LinkedIn, or, you know, if you want to have a TikTok and Instagram, other things like that, you have an avenue, but you need to be intentional and thinking about what your personal brand means. Who is that? You know, when I was early in my career and starting in the legal world and then in the corporate world, you know, my personal brand was really built on being the person that if a client or an internal colleague needed something, they could call me and I would not pass the buck. I would try to find a solution, whether or not it was in my job or not. And that was what I built my personal brand on. So I just always challenge people to think, what is it about you that makes you stand out? What is it about you that is going to attract people and then build from there? But whether or not you're on social media, you do have a personal brand um, and it is 
your reputation. Um, and so that is something you need to be really intentional about. The other thing um, that you said earlier about the competitiveness of women, um, that is something that I don't think we highlight enough. And when we think about the challenges that women have in growing in an organization, in growing in their career and taking steps is that women can be, other women can be your biggest competitive. It sounds like you've had some of that. Can you share a little bit more? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and by the <laughs> way, you know, I completely agree with what you said about personal brand. I also say that, um, you know, whether you realize it or not, everybody has a personal brand and it's much bigger yes. than your current job title. And this is the reason why number one, people are Googling you, whether you like it or realize it, people are going on LinkedIn, whether you like it or realize it. And people are asking about you every day. You know, what do you think of Crystal? What do you think of Stephanie? Um, what do you know about her? And there's all these silent users, Crystal, of LinkedIn, of, of a podcast, of a blog, people who are consuming content and not engaging with content. This happens to me all the time. And I'm, I, I imagine it also happens to you where people will say, oh my God, I love your podcast. I love your blog. I love your LinkedIn posts. And they've never actually engaged with content. And this is also why I tell people, believe in what you post and continue, continuously build that brand. So that's what I have to say about that 100%. But yeah, in terms of women, um, women have been great supporters of mine and also great impediments to my career. I think that, like I mentioned earlier, when a woman sees another woman as a threat, a woman can then do things to try to sabotage that woman or, and maybe Crystal, it's not even intentionally. Maybe it's subconsciously they feel threatened. So then they do things to exclude that woman from a group or to, um, you know, take credit for her work or backstab her or not invite her to different things, especially if that woman is vying for similar perks at the job or she becomes your boss or you're vying for a promotion. Like there are all these factors that go into it. But once somebody has decided that you're a rival of theirs, there's not really much you can do. You can try to win them over with kindness. I've tried and they still hate me. There's something about you that triggers something in them that makes them feel bad about themselves, which in turn leads them to behave in ways that aren't necessarily nice. And so I say, number one, rise above it. Uh, ignore it. Um, don't partake in it. Don't gossip. Don't try to win the person over. Just stay in your groove, find your tribe, live your life the way that you are supposed to. And by the way, this happens to women. You know, I remember this happened to me in grade school, in high school, when I was in the magazine world, it happens to me in my twenties, my thirties. Uh, I know it happens to women in their forties and fifties and sixties. Like women just get more powerful and the tactics they use, you know, you don't realize it, but there's even like, I'm sure, you know, in the PTA, there's like a group of women who are nicer to one mom and not nicer to another mom. Like there's just so many factors. I don't think you ever outgrow mean girls, to be honest. I think it's, we learn how to deal with it and we learn to have a thicker skin. And what I realize is that not everybody's going to like me and that's okay. I'm just going to keep showing up. And the haters um, make me want to work harder. The haters motivate me more to quote the great Taylor Swift haters going to hate, but you know, I'm going to do my own version of shaking. Um, anyway, you know, so I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to be who I am. And I am not going to let those people get me down. And that would be my advice to everybody else as well. 
That is amazing and brilliant advice. And on the back of that, I want to know, um, of course, I'm sure you're not gonna lead with this in any of your content, but you are a very beautiful woman. I had a mini, I did a solo recently talking about being underestimated and a tie-in with that was women being underestimated and or being kind of put in a box for being beautiful. Do you think that that um, compounded at all any of the competitiveness that you had? A a million reasons. Yes. A million percent. I think that, and and listen, I think that it's, you know, it's on both sides, right? It's on the the way men treat you and it's on the way that women treat you. But I think that when a woman, whether it's the way you look or the way you act, um, intelligence, whatever it may be, something about you again, like triggers something in them that makes them feel bad about themselves. And so I think that, um, the way you look, the way you carry yourself, your hair, you know, the way you dress, all of these are things that people are looking you up and down and making snap judgments about you and deciding whether they like you or not. And, you know, it's funny, like, you know, somebody said to me, um, that somebody didn't like me, Crystal, because I had the same name of somebody who was mean to them in grade school. And I think that that's interesting because that's like, in in that case, like there's nothing you can do. It's not like I could change my name. I could be the nicest person in the world, but that person already had preconceived notions about other Stephanie's, right? So there's just, you know, we have to try to rise above when we are feeling insecure, when we're feeling threatened, when we feel jealous and really try to figure out like, what is the actual reason behind it? It, It's always something with us. And I, I really wish that women and men and all those people who feel that way would channel that negative energy of talking about someone behind their back or, you know, trying to sabotage someone and put it towards something that makes them feel good about themselves and, and writing an article or like, if you see somebody doing something that you wish you could do, do it, you know, like find a way to be a better writer, find a way to be asked to be on podcasts, do all the things that they're doing. And then you'd be so much of a better person for it. You know, cheer them on and don't think of them as a rival. And, um, that's what I think is, is really important. But yeah, I think women face a double-edged sword about, you know, the way they look, whether, you know, and listen, you know, another thing for me, and I'm, I'm sure this has happened to you too, but people underestimate, I think, who I am um, because I look young. So I look younger than I am. And I don't know that that's a good thing. You know, I've always like hidden like the date of graduation of college. Like I wouldn't put it on LinkedIn or I try to fudge around with the dates because I was always worried that people were judging me, that people were thinking, you know, she's not experienced. She doesn't belong here. Even though I had that experience, I had the education, I had the work experience, but I felt like I didn't look the part or people were judging me based on the way that I looked. And that made me feel really bad about myself. And so I had to get more comfortable with that. I don't know that I'm a hundred percent comfortable with that, to be honest, you know, it's still something I struggle with. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember when I turned 30, I was super excited so that if somebody asked me how old I was, uh, it wasn't uncommon, I guess, because I was young and looked young, people weren't shy about asking, well, how old are you? Or when did you graduate? And so when I turned 30, I was really excited that I didn't have to say 20 something anymore. I felt like it would give me a little bit of a boost. And then I also, uh, took to wearing glasses, which I had prescribed in law school for like reading (laughs) the book you know, blackboard or whatever. I did not ever actively wear them, but I started wearing them sometimes so that I would look a little bit older and hopefully people would take me 
more seriously. So it's it's interesting that you had the same, you know, a little bit of the same situation. Uh, but it is you have to be cognizant of that, right? And 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 when you talk about you know, because I thought about that when I was talking about it on my solo episode about like you know, is that going to come across the wrong way if we're talking about, you know, people that are attractive and they're being, you know, put in a box or they're not taken seriously. Um, But the fact is, whether it's you that's, you know, receiving that or if it's you that may be doing it unconsciously, like we need to be aware of it because my hope is that we find a way to stick our hand down to the ladies behind us and not take the attitude, which I think we've seen a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot in law firms where it's, I was treated poorly. I had to call my way up. So you should too. No, let's not do that anymore. Let's help people. Um, And how can we help people unless we conscientiously take in and take time to think, well, this is what I experienced. This is what happened to me. And I do not want to do that to somebody else. I agree with you. You know, it's funny you said that. I was talking to a woman So I remember this years ago when my first law firm job and she said, we were trying to get her involved in the women's initiatives committee at that firm. And she said, I'm the wrong person to ask for this. I don't want to be a mentor. I don't want to be involved. I had to pick myself up from my bootstraps, get to where I am in a very male dominated field. No one helped me. There was no women's initiatives group. And I don't feel comfortable being part of this, which was like, Crystal, such an interesting and, and disappointing take on it that she had helped yeah. move the way, right, for women, but she wasn't going to pay it forward. I feel like I have a responsibility to pay it forward to other women to help them to, you know, it's why I write, it's why I post, it's why I do all of these things because I want women to know that they're not alone. And I think when you think of it as like a, you know, cut their word. I, I think it was even like Katie Couric's book. There was something in it a few years ago that stuck out to me. And she said, you know, no one helped me. Why am I helping other people? Which I was actually really surprised to hear her say something like that. And I think that's exactly the reason why we help other women is because we didn't, you know, there's generations before us that didn't have it so easy. So why wouldn't we try to build a community? Why wouldn't we try to help each other? Um, and, you know, I, I've never been it's funny, like I've personally never been threatened by another woman, whether in my personal life or my professional life. And I know we're going to talk about this, but like, you know, I've had like a lot of, um, a lot of friends around me get married or have children and I have not gotten married yet and haven't had children yet, but I've never felt bad about myself because it didn't happen to me. I always knew that I was on my own path. I always knew that, you know, it would happen. And if it didn't, I was perfectly happy with my life, with my friends, with my dogs and just the life I cultivated my family. And I feel like there's a lot of women who look at other women's successes personally and professionally, and it makes them feel bad about themselves instead of saying, you know what, I can be really happy for that person. What's happening in their life doesn't have any impact on my life. If anything, it can show me what I can do too. And that's something I think, you know, if you reframe it, you know, your, your friends are getting engaged, your friends are getting married, your friends are becoming C-suite, your friends are starting a podcast, whatever it may be, look at that as inspiration and look at it as a way that it can motivate you to get to where you want instead of feeling like, oh, that makes me feel bad about who I am. And now I'm going to be mean to that person, you know? So I just want to pause and say thank you to all the amazing people tuning in and making this show a success. And to share some exciting scoop, I am opening up for the first time ever one-on-one coaching. We have two options available, the Executive Edge two-week program and the Career Catalyst six-week program, which will use my proprietary 
Earn It framework. If you're ready to propel your professional journey, crush your salary goals, or need someone to coach you through a big career decision, let's conquer it together. Limited spots for unlimited empowerment. Links to sign up will be in the show notes and in the link tree on my Instagram and LinkedIn site. See you there. Yeah, I mean, my my girlfriend and I, um, who kind of grew up in the industry together, we're talking about this this weekend with another woman that we know um, who hasn't really been as supportive of us that we thought she would be, given that she was like a little bit older and, a, you know, much more connected and did fight her way through. Um, and we were just surprised about that. And we were talking about how it, it's it's human nature, right? You see somebody that gets something that you want, whether it's a promotion, whether they landed a big client, whatever, and you may have a pang of jealousy or like resentment for a second. That's human nature. But what you do after that is what makes the difference. And what I do is I accept that. I have a moment for myself. And then I'm like, I am so happy for them. What are they doing? What can I learn from them? Maybe I should, you know, have a coffee with them. Maybe I should see how they're getting to where they are. You know, success leads clues. And most people that are successful want to tell you how they were successful, okay? Because they're very proud of themselves. But walking around with this utter jealousy is just not going to serve you or anybody else. And I think that's where we need to really help women feel the confidence factor. And when you feel confident, when you love yourself, when you're happy with what things are, you know, going on with you, you're less likely to treat people poorly and you're more likely to help pay it forward. Um, And it's the big question is how do we get more women there? How do we get more women to be confident? And that's kind of part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast and everything else is because I love the career that I built for myself. I think I did in a way where I created a lot of friends. I created a lot of colleagues. I, you know, created a good brand for myself. And how can I help other women get there faster? You know, it's a hundred percent. It's why I know it's why you do what you do. It's why I started my women who wow group. It's why we, you know, it's why I post honestly on LinkedIn all the time. Like I'm trying to help everyone. Yeah. It's great to build my brand in the process, but I think I've done that already. Like now it's like, you know, you know, listen, here's another thing to think about. It's never too early to start building your legacy. It's never too early to start thinking about what you want to your future to be, what you want people to remember you for. And yes, a lot of your listeners, you know, are well in their career and have many, many years ahead of them. But the idea that you're bigger than your job, like we spoke about, and the idea that you're planning ahead for other things, whether you want to get involved in a board someday or nonprofit work, or you're thinking about, you know, your, your children and and your, your legacy and what that's going to be. Maybe when you retire, like, what do you, what do you really want to leave behind? What do you want people to think about you? And I think that I have a responsibility having a platform that I do to be a voice that helps women and others get ahead to show people that they can build a successful brand to show people also that you can experience a lot of adversity, whether it's losing a family member, you know, going through a divorce, getting fired from your job or all of the above and still pick yourself up off the ground and rebuild your life and have these different iterations of yourself and, you know, reinvent, reinvent your career, become an entrepreneur, whatever it is. But your world isn't over necessarily just because something bad happens to you. And I, 
I want people to remember that your career is not like a trajectory that's like a straight, you know, kind of beautiful line. Like it's going to be like twisty, you know, curvy and sometimes really messy. And a lot of successful people have adversity and they still go on to build very fulfilling, wonderful lives. And I don't want people to think that, you know, life is so easy for some people. Why isn't it easy for me? I guarantee you it's not easy for those people, even the people who make it seem easy, because here's the other thing. Most people only post the highlight reel of their life on social media, you know, on their podcast, on the website, whatever it is, on Instagram, instead of showing you the struggles they go through. And believe me, like everybody goes through struggles a little bit differently, maybe not as publicly, but don't think that everyone's lives are perfect. Even celebrities, you know, whatever it is, people you admire, everyone's going through a lot of crap in their lives. And, um, we still have to slay the dragons every day. We still have to take care of our kids. We have to get up in the morning and do our work. And, you know, I think all of these things make us more resilient, make us stronger at who we are and help shape us. And if I didn't share some of these, you know, terrible things that have happened to me or just some of the challenges, I don't know that I would have been so successful on social media because I think what separates me from other people is that I'm not afraid to tell stories and to be a real person and to not just, you know, talk about how I've won all these awards. Like I'm actually like a human being with real life experience and trying to show people that they can find their own way in spite of some of the, you know, kind of difficult things and see that silver lining as well. Absolutely. And on that, you know, diving into building up your company and building up your business, you know, how did you do that? I, I know you referenced that it kind of was an outcropping. It was accidental um, when you lost a job, but how did you go out there and start building up your clients, um, you know, kind of from scratch and what were some of the difficulties you faced um, early on. Yeah. So like I said, I was an accidental entrepreneur, but here's the thing that really made a difference for me. So I had built a brand on LinkedIn. I had already a built-in audience of people. So when I was starting the business, I could announce it. And by the way, I've started the business and then gone back in house and then stopped my business. And then, you know, you will, maybe there'll be times in your life where you will have your own business. And then there'll be times where you will have a, um, work full time. You want to have your brand in the background and never, you know, never leave it alone so that it's just, you know, not actually working for you, but you can come back to building your brand and starting your own business or whatever it may be. So I had two speaking engagements that were scheduled before I left my job. And thank God I did because those two speaking engagements were the gateway for me to get new clients. And they were the right speaking engagements. They were with the right people, people who could hire me. I always tell people when you're thinking about making a decision on you know where to spend your time and effort, speaking, writing, being on a podcast, is the audience that you want to reach, are they the listeners? Are they the people reading it? Are they in the audience? That should guide you. And so this happened to be that. And even though I didn't feel great about myself, I went on that stage and I presented, this is pre-pandemic, so it was in person. I made really great connections. I connected with every one of those people on LinkedIn. And then I said I you know, was available for consulting work. I think a lot of people don't they don't ask for things like they don't say, you know what, like, and, and not in a salesy way. I just said, this is what I do. If you want some help doing it, reach out to me. And I had been providing value for a really long time before that, without ever asking people to hire me. And I wasn't, you know, 
overly salesy. No one likes that. No one likes getting that LinkedIn in mail where someone's like, Stephanie, have you thought about starting a donut franchise? Or, you know, I can get you 25,000 leads in a day. And you're like, oh God, you know, it was me providing value. And I don't believe there's anything like there's no such thing as providing too much value to anybody. So people had already seen what I could do. And so those two speaking engagements led to my two first clients, which helped me get off the ground. And then strangely enough, when the pandemic happened, everybody was online. Everyone was suddenly on LinkedIn. So everybody realized, oh, you know what? I need to get on LinkedIn. I know somebody who can do that. I need to build a personal brand. I need outsourced marketing help. And my business got very busy, but it was because I had that built-in audience. And here's the thing. Yes, I had that built-in audience, but if you decide today at the age of 25, 35, 45, 55, that you want to do these things, you can't. It is never too late and never too early to start building your brand so that, again, you're building that legacy, you're more than just your current job title, and that you have an insurance policy in case you decide to leave your your job. Or And, and by the way, you, you will leave your job. Or maybe it's that you want to get you know, a nonprofit role, like I said, or be a speaker or a writer. It is just so great to be investing in your personal brand so that you have something else working for you in addition to the work that you're doing, you know, day in, day out. So that was sort of how I got started. The business sort of grew from there. And I post regularly on LinkedIn. By the way, I don't post necessarily every day. I post I post when I have really good content, in my opinion, and I don't focus on the number of likes I get on a post. Yes, it hurts sometimes like when you think you posted something awesome and the likes are low, but I keep going because I believe in every single post of mine. I'm strategic and smart about what I post. I don't create new content every day. I repurpose the stuff I have. I make sure I have really good Google SEO results so that somebody can find me online, which is, I do that through my blog. I do that through repurposing of content, speaking on podcasts, writing, all of those things. So, um, you know, and there's just like an engine working for me, which anybody can create. But yeah, that was sort of how it happened. And, you know, listen, there are downsides to being your own boss. Like you've got to, you know, send out invoices every month. I've got to hustle for work. It's not always easy, but I, I really like it. Never say never on going back in house, but it's certainly been an interesting thing. My clients are awesome. They stay with me for a long time and I get to do a lot of different work. I'm probably at the point where I need to hire people. I have somebody who works with me a little bit, but I need I need more help in order to grow. And I think that's also something, you know, to think about, you know, find women and others who've done this before, who you can ask about how to scale your business. If you're thinking about doing this, you know, you need to get incorporated. You need to do all of these things that um, can bulletproof your business. And it's really important to do all of those things. So, yeah. And what were just really quickly, those two speaking engagements that you started with that really catapulted you? So one of them was speaking to the, um, it was a, an ALA, Association of Legal Administrators, in-person event in New, in New York City. And then the other event was a New York City Bar Association program. So you were able to get into some great focused, you know, audiences right away. So that's awesome. Um, and then I assume after that, it's like, kind of the snowball effect. You start getting a couple of clients and then you grow from there um, and it all, you know, works out. Yeah. And it was also, you know, just then 
it, it was a lot of following up. It was a lot of like LinkedIn posts, like connecting with the people at the conference. Um, there were people who I met who didn't necessarily reach out to me that day, but decided to connect with me on LinkedIn. And so then they started seeing my content, realized, okay, she's not just a one hit wonder. Like she actually knows her stuff and they wanted to be on my newsletter. So it was a multi-pronged approach. It was like, they saw me speak in person. They then followed me on LinkedIn. They saw my content on LinkedIn. They wanted to be part of my newsletter. So there was another subset of content. Maybe they saw my blog post. It was just reinforcing. And you better believe by the way that they were Googling me. And so, you know, you want that first page or two of your Google results to really support your brand and your business so that when somebody is actually looking for you, which can happen any day of the week, that what you are showcasing on LinkedIn um, really supports what's on Google and vice versa, that you have a website that's actually updated, that the website looks good. You know, one of the things I, I see a lot is that people don't invest time and effort in their websites. And then someone will look you up and say, okay, well, if they're not investing in their website and it looks like a crisis situation, are they really the right person to work with me? So you have to talk the talk, but walk the walk. So if, you know, listen, it would be an odd thing, right? If I didn't post on social media and didn't practice what I preach, you would say, well, who is she then? You know, she doesn't, post on LinkedIn, but she's giving us advice on LinkedIn or, you know, she doesn't have a strong personal brand, but she's giving advice for, you know, people to do these things. Like, so you, you have to actually do the things that you're trying to get people to hire you for, or you're, there's a huge disconnect, I think as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, I love seeing it. And obviously we've been connected on LinkedIn for, um, at least I think, probably two years. So I love following your content and it's awesome. Um, For everybody listening, just, you know, in 30 seconds, what is it that you do for law firms? How do you help them or lawyers independently? Yeah. Okay. So I work with law firms and legal service providers and lawyers on a wide range of things. Of course, there's the LinkedIn consulting. There is the social media consulting, personal and branding consulting. But I do a lot of outsourced marketing help for law firms as well. So mostly small and mid-sized law firms where they will hire me to be their marketing department or work with a junior person there or a team either on strategy or implementation. And you know, I work with firms that are, have 100 lawyers. Some firms have 75. Some have 20. Some have five lawyers and I help them with the gamut of all of the marketing and business development things that they need to do. And they, you know, wouldn't necessarily be able to afford someone like me or need someone like me full time, but they can utilize my support, whether it's 10 hours or 20 hours a week. And so that's really my sweet spot now. I do a lot of trainings. So a lot of trainings for law firms and lawyers on a whole host of subjects and uh, sort of like to think of myself as the secret weapon for people with content creation, really helping them get smarter and more effective and more efficient about the assets they have already created to turn them into a lot of other pieces of content. So one webinar can be turned into six blog posts and, you know, one blog post can be turned into five videos. It's just getting more creative. So that's what I do. I really love what I do. And I think it comes across through my work. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, the last thing I wanted to dive in for today was, you know, so many people in the world, um, you know, want to push women into, uh, trying to have it all, quote unquote. And that's, you know, such a misnomer because what is having it all? It's like really what we define as having it all. And so, you know, you had a post recently talking about um, on National Single Persons Day, um, 
kind of where you were in that. So how have you handled that? How do you really live into enjoyment of your life um, as a single lady, uh, maybe not fully single, but not married, not having kids? And how can, you know, share with other women who may be a little bit sad about where they are on the dating spectrum on how we can really find so much joy and value in our careers um, and lead with that. Yeah. Okay. So number one, get a dog or a cat <laughs> or, a, or whatever it is. That's been honestly the best thing I ever did. Having pets has been so great in terms of having someone to come home to every night that loves you unconditionally and is there for you, particularly during COVID. It was amazing to have my pets. So I would just say you are not in a race with anybody including yourself. Your time will come. You need to just take a deep breath. The worst thing you can do is make a decision based on fear. Maybe that's getting married to someone who you have reservations about, or it's having a baby before you're ready, or you know, all of these things we think, oh, we're never going to find someone. Or you see your friends doing all these things and you say, well, why not me? And I would just say, listen, you need to be happy with yourself. You need to be happy where your life is. Um, whether you decide to couple up with someone, you have a lot of, or not, you have a lot of options, but being happy with the life you have is so important. Surround yourself with positive friends, family, animals, eat good food, go on great trips, focus on you, support yourself, be where you want to be. When you're happy like that, it radiates. And that's usually when you find somebody. I was single for a number of years and wound up dating somebody recently who I've met of all places at a child's a toddler birthday party, a divorced dad, and was not something I was looking for. And it just goes to show you that you just never know. So I always, another thing, say yes say yes to invitations. Um, but don't say yes when you don't feel like it. Like there's nothing wrong with staying home and watching Bravo for days on end. If you don't feel like you're going to be in your best shape to go on a date or, you know, to just be social. But when I do feel up to it, I say yes to things and I do things that I love, whether it's travel, whether it's museums or cooking, I just want, wanted to always live the life that I felt like, you know, I, I didn't want to wait anymore. I didn't want to wait to be rescued by somebody. I didn't want to wait to do things until I found the right person because life is so short and you just never know what can happen. So I started living my life on my own terms. And that is when I got the confidence to start my business, when I got the confidence to date with intention also, or not date, be me, not pretend like I was somebody else or somebody could choose me. I, it's the worst thing you can do, you know, feeling un, like unapologetically being you, it's the best thing you can do. So I would just say your time is going to come and the best thing you can do is just be happy and not settle and focus on your career, focus on your family, get multiple animals, <laughs> just be happy that you are, you know, in a position to work on your career because there'll be a point maybe where your priorities will shift. You'll have kids and you want that brand, by the way, in the background working for you, even when you can't focus hundred percent of attention to it. So work hard, but also have a good, good time and don't put off things you really want to do. If you want to go to Greece, go to Greece. You want to learn how to cook Indian food, do that. But, um, there's no better time than doing it right now. Yeah. And choose you, always choose you. When you choose you, it makes it so much easier for other people to choose you. Um, and don't worry about it. You know, I, I think that's such good advice. 
Um, because, you know, again, we're talking about social media. So that's why I really thought this was important. We see this highlight reel. We, you know, see other people getting engaged and getting married. And there's these over the top things that like always in your face, but everybody's timing is different. I mean, my husband was older when we met and got married older. You know, he, we we were talking about this before we started that, um, you know, you have some friends that are having kids that are like already entering the teen years. I mean, my husband has friends, even my niece and nephew are already in college and we have little kids and, you know, it's making sure that it's the right fit for you. And there's so much joy that you can get from other parts of your life. Um, so not to worry about that, but I always think it's so important to talk about the other end of the the spectrum. Um, and, I just love that you're so open and honest about that and willing to talk about it. And I just think that's great motivation for people. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. So I hope that, you know, and listen, by the way, I have friends who get married in their forties and fifties. Um, it's yeah. never, it's absolutely never too late. And, you know, friends getting divorced too. Like, and so, you know, it, it all works out at the end of the day, but choosing you, like you said, is the best choice you can ever make. Yep. And staying open-minded. So Stephanie, Um, We will have your links in there, but is there anything new or interesting coming out that you want to share with anybody or where do you want people to find you? Um, Find me on LinkedIn. Find me on my blog, the social media butterfly blog.com. That's where I post most of my content. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I mean, pretty much if there's a social platform, I'm on it. So Google me and you can find it. And, um, you know, I have my women who wow group, which I hope everybody will join. It's free. It's just women supporting women and trying to help women, um, you know, and without any of the mean girl stuff. And so that's, that would be great if folks want to join that. And I can give you a link to that. Yeah, absolutely. Do it. I would love to share that with everybody. Um, We can't have enough connectedness as women and especially women in business. Women in business need to really support other women in business. Uh, That is how we keep the chain going. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story and, you know, all the insights that you have. We appreciate it for everybody else. Thanks for listening in. As always, you are made for more. Start living like it today. Root into who you are. Love who you are. Choose you first and the rest will follow. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to create a career you love, get the salary you deserve and build the confidence to live life on your own terms, sign up for my free newsletter where you'll get actionable tips to raise your worth build your wealth, create freedom, and create a life you absolutely love. Head over to crystalwaremedia.com to sign up or click the link in the show notes and join thousands of others making their dreams a reality. Whether you're just embarking on the journey or well on your way, the Worthful newsletter has something for you. See you next week.